Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, joined today by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. Brad, big weekend for the Rebels, man. Uh, how was it from behind home plate? Uh, it was as good as it could have been. It was as good as uh... – as, as you could chalk it up, really. The crowd was great, the weather was perfect, and the Rebels won two out of three. It was a, a good weekend. Unusual to get to the ninth regular season series uh, before seeing Ole Miss win a swing game. But uh, they got that done. Lots to talk about in the program today. Tell us uh, first, Brad, uh, Alpha Insurance, man, what's, uh, what's going on with you guys today? Yeah, just staying busy, Paris. Obviously, it's Becoming getting closer to summer, and uh, you know the the warmer it gets, the more people are doing things, buying new cars, trading in cars. You know the the housing market's still booming, so uh, you know it's keeping us busy. And I'll, uh, only three days today, as as we'll hop on a bus Wednesday and uh, and go to Georgia. But uh, yeah, things are good at Alpha. Yeah, um, I'm guessing y'all are getting maybe to the back end of those hail damage claims. Maybe people are needing a little more auto insurance than uh, than filing uh, filing those claims. Maybe we're getting past the severe weather. Yeah, you certainly hope so. And and it it seems like we say it every year, but uh, it, this one's been a tough one. You know, with with the uh, with the tornadoes and the and the storms and the hail, but, uh, you know, we, we find a way and, and grind through it, but yeah, you certainly hope you're getting past the, uh, the, the severe weather and, and on into some, maybe just some summer showers from here on out. Yeah. So the team is bussing to Georgia <laughs> on Wednesday. I didn't know if that would be a fly or a bus trip. That does kind of mean that, uh, that Tuesday game, I believe it's a night game, what six or six thirty against uh, Tennessee Martin, uh, Probably not going to be a makeup if that one gets uh, weathered out for some reason. Uh, you just uh, kind of absorb that and move on. But uh, right now, it looks like a, a decent forecast for uh, Tuesday night. All right, Brad, let's talk about uh, this weekend a little bit. Uh, I thought the the perfect, the, the best Ole Miss could have hoped for was to split the Kumar Rocker Jack Lighter games. They did that, and then they they won with offense. Uh, on Sunday, and and I thought that was the roadmap to a split, and they got there, and uh, just really to put up the the big inning, uh, the home runs, uh, hitting with runners in base, runners on base. You know, I hear so often, Brad, the the critics uh, of Mike Bianco, and and look, he's, he's got a, a twenty year body of work. You know, there there are some uh, some things to uh, to complain about. But uh, I hear game management, and that was uh, that kept coming back to me uh, in the third inning yesterday when Tim Corbin's game management, I thought, uh, kind of cost him that game. And uh, that's in the sense of going with the kind of a seldom-used left-hander. I know he was playing that left-on-left -left matchup, but when he brought in Hunter Owen there in the third inning in relief of Patrick Riley, uh, Ole Miss had just tied the game, okay, down 2-0. They get two against Riley. It's 2-2. They're starting to get their timing against him. Uh, Owen had thrown, I think, uh, four innings in SEC play. Not much. Now, obviously, within those innings, uh, Tim Corbin saw something that he liked. Uh, and he ran him out there. 
with some left-handers coming up in the Ole Miss lineup, and the percentages did not work for him yesterday. Dunhurst doubles, two-run score. Ole Miss takes the lead. Um, two batters later, uh, Hayden Leatherwood gets on base, a hit-by-pitch, uh, and on down in the inning. The inning just unraveled from there. You got another left-hander, Jacob Gonzalez, hits the first of what would be two home runs. But uh, huge third inning there for Ole Miss with uh, with ten runs. So yeah, uh, yeah. To me, the in- the interesting thing, uh, I didn't have a problem with. You know, I don't think it was game management that he brought Owen in. The thing that surprised me in the booth was there was no one else warming up with him. And uh, when when it started to snowball and really roll downhill, they didn't have anybody else ready to go. And and and, and you get those eight runs off of him or whatever it was uh, so fast. They, you know, they couldn't get him out of the game because they, they couldn't get him. They couldn't get Maldonado warmed up fast enough. Who was down there with him. Um, and, and so obviously the 10 spot was huge there in the fourth, but uh, yeah, it just surprised. It, it didn't surprise me that he went to Owen, who was a lefty uh, because, you know, one, one, after Kumar came, came out on Friday, they went with the lefty and, and he was pretty good. Uh, I think that was uh, Fisher, huh? I can't remember the kid's name. But, you know, lefties out of the pen probably have an advantage of us because most of the time our left-handers, that's the strength of our lineup. Uh, So, But it it shocked me that they didn't have anybody else on the back end of of Owen yesterday. um, And and before they could do anything, uh, the game was, at that point, was out of hand. It was still early in the game, and, and you knew Vanderbilt was going to make a run, but uh, to give up 10 in an inning is uh, very un-Vanderbilt-like. Well, and, uh, and yeah, <laughs> it did snowball, and it got there. It got there fast. It got there in a hurry. And, and like you, I kept looking down at that book, and I thought, my goodness, there's nobody there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna, gonna ride this guy a while, and uh, it was a huge, uh, huge inning. For Ole Miss, big hits there. Uh, Kale Baker getting into it there with a home run. Would have been a grand slam if it hadn't been a wild pitch, uh, you know, the pitch before. So uh, just big hits uh, there in the third inning. And they hit Maldonado, too. Now, he has been their closer, their guy. Uh, they hit him as well. Dunhurst, uh, you know, homered off him and in, in what would have been, I guess, the, uh, the fifth or the sixth, one of those uh, innings there. And then, Brad, uh, we saw something that uh, we don't see in the SEC just a whole lot. Uh, we saw a high pitch at the head of the next batter. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have uh, benches clear, but uh, you had Peyton Chotinier uh, running to the uh, top of the dugout steps and uh, and being pushed back. And, you know, you just saw a lot of tension there. You saw a, a home plate umpire, forget his name. Was it Scott Kennedy yesterday? Yeah, just uh, pointing, pointing at Maldonado and, and – uh, <coughs> talking to coaches, a lot lot of drama going on there. Um, I did not see, but uh, I I did not – look, man, these guys hit home runs. I follow the track of the ball. I'm not usually watching the guys at home plate, but I'm told that uh, Hayden Dunhurst admired his work uh, pretty much uh, with that home run uh, before Maldonado threw it at uh, Ben Van Cleef. What what did you see? Yeah, it was a lot of emotion. uh, And really it dates back to Friday. Uh, there was a lot of jaw on Friday, uh, you know, and, and I saw – and, of course, Rocker's an emotional pitcher. Uh, but I saw T.J. McCants, you know, I saw them have some words, especially after T.J. 
hits the home run and then follows it up with the bunt single. You know, uh, just a lot of emotion. It's a big series. Both teams knew it. Uh, there was a lot of energy in the stadium. Uh, and, and it seemed to carry over into uh, into yesterday. And, and, and Dunhurst, who's been frustrated, you know, has had some back-to-back. Uh, -back, I mean, he, he scuffled a little bit, Parrish. And uh, yeah. he had to sit behind the plate and watch Vanderbilt hit seven home runs yesterday or uh, Saturday. And, uh, of course, he, he gets the big double there in the fourth and then comes back with the just absolute moon ball uh, to right field. And he watched it. Uh, there, there is absolutely zero doubt. He watched it. He waited till it hit. Uh, I'm not sure he didn't wait till it took two or three bounces out there in right field, but he stood at home plate for a long time. And that certainly uh, upset Maldonado. Uh, and then the very next pitch, they, he throws a 95-mile-an-hour fastball over the head of Ben Van Cleve, and Ben knew immediately why he did it and jawed. But, you know, I, I thought the benches uh, – and the coaches came out and got it settled. And, and it, it was just an emotional thing. It was an important game, a rubber match. And, uh, you know, they won both benches. And, you know, after that, it was done. The scary, you know, the scary thing is he, it, you start throwing at somebody's head, that, that's a different yeah. story. You know, it, hitting them in the ribs is one thing, but throwing at their head is a completely different thing. But regardless, it happened. Nobody got hurt. Uh, the emotions were flying. And, you know, really the, the, I still think the good thing about that whole incident was was I think it kept some fuel on the fire for that Ole Miss dugout. Uh, obviously, the home run did, but I think once that happened, uh, it allowed Ole Miss to stay in, uh, emotionally engaged in that game and, and kind of carry them to the finish line. So, so, Brad, did you ever watch a home run like that, man? Did you ever just kind of stand there and linger at home plate and say, my gosh, that felt good? I, I really like <laughs> what, uh, what did? Uh, how about you? You ever watch one like that? Yeah, I did. It was in batting practice when I was a junior one year. Uh, and then I was one of the best batting practices I've ever had, Parrish. But uh, I don't I don't know that I ever had that uh, ever had that in the game feeling. But, uh, you know, these guys today are so strong and, and, and their bat speed is just off the charts. But no, it was I hit several in college, but I don't know that I had. I, I can promise you I didn't stand there as long as uh, Hayden Dunhurst did. But, uh, you know, what a weekend. So, it, it's good to see Hayden uh, get back going. Yeah, you, you mentioned the jawing, Brad, and, and that's something that we miss in the third base uh, press box down there. Uh, we got the, you know, unless we're sitting outside and typically uh, we're inside uh, behind the glass there, you, you miss a lot of the, the sounds of the game. And I'll tell you, I, I think uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt is kind of a jaw in series through the years. So there's, you know, there's, there's been that, but uh, so what you're, you're, there's a lot of that going on then you heard a lot of that through the weekend. Yeah, I did. And, and I saw it, uh, you know, and, and anytime you get to somebody like Kumar rocker, when you score three runs in that game, I don't know that you really got to him, uh, but there was a lot of emotion going into that game. Of course, Doug's uh, – Nikhazy is an emotional pitcher. Yeah. But anytime you can get to Kumar uh, and the way we did it, hitting two home runs that game, uh, you know, that dugout gets fired up. And a lot of times Kumar kind of feeds off that as well. And, and I've seen him do some jawing, do some staring, and that's his personality. And that's what makes him so good and, and allows him to compete. Um, and, and he can dish it. And he can take it, uh, and which is the beauty of Kumar Rocker, because he knows how good he is. 
and, but he's going to give up some every now and then, and he certainly didn't. And and Doug just shut them down. It, it was just the formula that they had to have on Friday night. But yeah, it started then, and it started with really with McCants, who hit the huge two-run homer. Uh, you know, and then he came back against that shift and laid down that bunt. And I could just tell there was some jawing going on because you know I'm sure there was something said from from Kumar about you know you know, kind of what a baby move that was after you hit a home run, you have to come back and bunt, you know, and TJ didn't think too highly of what he said. And it's just part of the game. I mean, yeah. it was a, it was an emotional game and Ole Miss clearly knew what was on the line postseason wise uh, going into this weekend. So, you know, but I, I always thought it was fun, you know, because at the end of the day in a non COVID year, you're going to shake, shake their hand on Sunday and uh, you know, wish them the best. But uh, no, it was just, a lot of emotion uh, that that worked out in Ole Miss's favor. Yeah, you think baby baby was the word there, or maybe another word? From, from- uh, it, it was probably another one. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm not gonna I, I, I'm not gonna speculate. I don't know, but uh, I, if I was a betting man, it was probably another one. I, that, I, I got you. I got you. All right, let's talk about uh, uh, Jackson Kimbrell a little bit. Uh, much maligned Ole Miss bullpen, and and all of a sudden, there's a shifting here. We're starting to seeing a little bit better middle relief. And I don't know that one performance, a very good performance from Jackson Kimball yesterday, means that he has arrived. But surely, Brad, you can, you can look at that now and you can see that uh, there are some options there if Kimball continues, if Jack Doherty continues, if Tyler Myers continues. So, suddenly, uh, there are some pieces there that Mike Bianco can go to for that bridge to Taylor Broadway that just weren't there a month ago. We're starting to see a little bit more uh, from the bullpen. What what made Kimbrell successful yesterday? Yeah, it was really the changeup. Uh, and 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 I'll be honest with you, because of the lack of consistency, you really didn't know what you were going to get out of him. You know, you, you Drew only got you so far into that fourth inning, and you're sitting there trying to do the math in your head. You know, how many can Myers, or you know, how many can Myers go? How many can or not Myers, but how many can Miller go? How many can Darty give you? Um, because you knew Vanderbilt was kind of going to make a run. Uh, you, you certainly didn't think they were going to hit a grand slam to cut it to ten to seven in that inning. Uh, but you, you knew they were going to they were going to make it tough. And uh, and here comes Jackson Kimbrell after Miller gives up the grand slam. And I'm thinking, all right, well, he just get us out of the inning, and we'll well, I need. Runs him back out there in the fifth, runs him back. And he just kept throwing up zeros. And uh, and it was interesting, again, because I'd, I'd, I'd kind of written down his stats, knew if we could hold on. I was probably going to talk to Jackson. You know, we try and talk to whoever's hot, you know, in that game for our post game. And uh, we runs him back out there. And because uh, I'd already written three and a third innings down, you know, only giving up, blah, blah, blah. Well, here he comes again. And, of course, he ends up giving up a home run, uh, and, and then they go to Darty. But it, it's got to make you happy to know that uh, that that's in there. For Jackson Kimbrell, I'm like you. It, it, it's He's going to have to continue to show that. But uh, it was certainly a, a good sign for Ole Miss, uh, especially since Gunnar Hoagland's no longer with us, uh, that, that, he, that, that Jackson could be a guy that we go to uh, at any point in a series or in a regional or, or whenever we need him. 
certainly uh, some big outs, some uh, pop-up outs, fly ball outs that, that you see from uh, those left-handers like that uh, a lot. I thought Vanderbilt made was beginning to get the timing, made better contact against him in the seventh. Those fly ball outs were a little deeper and then uh, got one out of the park there in the eighth, and it was a good time to uh, – uh, to move away from Kimbrell at that point, Doherty came in and, and pitched well, and and then uh, uh, Broadway there to close it out. It was uh, certainly uh, nice to see Broadway go in with a, a four-run lead. I know uh, <laughs> he uh, felt good about that as well. Let's go back to uh, game one. Let's talk about uh, uh, Doug Nikhazy. Um When you don't have Gunnar Hoagland and you, you move Doug up, I don't think anyone was just shocked or stunned by that performance. We've seen that from uh, Doug Nikhazy a lot, but it puts a different kind of pressure on him. Would you say to, to suddenly be in that spot and know, look, I, I really need that performance right now. This team needs that performance right now to have a shot in this series, not only because we don't have Gunnar Hoagland right now, but because we're facing uh, Jack Leiter the next day. They, they, for Ole Miss to have a path to, uh, to win the series – they needed that from Doug Nikhazy on uh, Friday in game one. Yeah, they did. Uh, but I don't know there's any more added pressure. Uh, you know, talking to this staff, um, you know, I've, I've had I've had them a couple times tell me that I don't know – they don't know that they've ever coached a guy with this much grit and, and intestinal fortitude, I guess you would say. Um and I told Mike Clements last night after the game, I said, well, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit saying stuff like, can, can Doug match? Can he go toe-to-toe with Kumar Rocker? I think it needs to be the other way around. He's proved that. It, it's can Kumar Rocker go toe-to-toe with Doug Nikhazy? And I really mean that. Uh, I, I expect Doug to, to pitch like that all the time because he's done it the entire year. Uh, so I, I don't give Doug enough credit. Um, and, and obviously it's Doug against that Vanderbilt offense and Kumar was against the Ole Miss offense. Um, uh, but Doug was better. He was just a better pitcher and, and we shouldn't be surprised anymore. Uh, and, and I've done Doug a disservice by, by approaching games like that with him. Uh, but because it really is now to me, it's about the other guy. Can the other guy match what Doug's doing? Uh, because like I said, Doug's done it every week and so many of the past few weeks, it's been, that must-win Saturday game that Doug's had to throw. So he's been really under pressure every one of these times. Uh, you know, we, we had lost so many series uh, before we finally got that sweep against South Carolina that every time Doug threw, it was a must-win. And uh, and he won every one of them. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't fair to Doug as I look back on it because he's just been lights out all year. So, no, I don't think he feels any more pressure going out there on a Friday, it doesn't matter who the other team's throwing. Uh, and, and it still just blows me away that 88, uh, that he can throw 88 miles an hour and, and hitters just can't hit it. it. It just absolutely baffles me every time I'm sitting up there in that radio booth. They just can't kept, catch up with it. And this is a Vanderbilt team that can really, as we saw on Saturday, can really, really swing it. Well, and I'll tell you, Brad, just with uh... – you know, the draft projections for uh, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, uh, the success they've had. That that Vanderbilt staff, I guess maybe since uh, Leiter's no-hitter against South Carolina, it, it, it seems like they've just really sucked the air out of the conversation about pitching 
in the SEC. It's like everything, uh, every time you talk about pitching in the SEC, it, it kind of starts with those two guys, and they're very good. But, uh, you know, Doug's numbers are similar. But, you know, they were similar before the series started, and uh, he outpitched Rocker. He, he did. Ole Miss got the home runs, and then I thought Rocker got away from the fastball, didn't see those as much. Uh, in his later innings uh, in that game. But uh, they got the home runs, got the lead, and uh, Doug didn't give up a run until uh, pitch number 101 uh, was that home run there uh, in the seventh inning. So uh, really a a great start, uh, you know, great appearance there uh, by Doug Nikhazy. How do you think this pitching staff sets up, Brad? What do you think about Ole Miss pitching uh, in a regional format? As I I look at the weekend – you know, they won with offense on uh, uh, Sunday in game three, had a nice uh, bullpen performance uh, from Jackson Kimbrell, but certainly, uh, you know, they, they needed that. But we did not see Derek Diamond or Drew McDaniel elevate, okay? We've seen these guys perform at different times in the season. You go back, you look at, at Diamond against, against Texas, uh, Alabama, and LSU, and and Drew McDaniel there against State and Starkville, and, and then against Texas A&M, really, you know, where he maybe he's had a sketchy inning, but he's overcome that and hung some zeros on the board. Didn't really see these guys elevate uh, this weekend. How, how do you think pitching lines up for this team in a regional? What does that look like? You know, I, if I could truthfully answer that question, I could make a lot of money, Parrish, because I don't think anybody knows the answer. Uh to, to what they're thinking because nothing – the consistency has been uh, – you know, you start getting away from Doug Nikhazy now, the consistency just hadn't been there. Now, I do know for a fact that obviously Derek can do both. He can come out at piano or he can start. I think Drew is pretty much at this point only going to be a starter. So, um, obviously, you, you, you're going to throw Nikhazy. Now, you go back to the question in, in a regional – do you throw him game one or do you hold him to game two? You know, Mike typically is going to throw his best game one, and rightfully so. Uh, but the, the game two is a question mark uh, because of the consistency. And, and obviously a lot of that's going to be based on the matchup as, as well. But, uh, you know, you've got uh, clearly those two guys who've been inconsistent. Uh, and, and I'm not going to rule out the possibility of, of – Jack Darty starting. Uh, now, if he doesn't start in the SEC tournament, I, I'm sorry, if he doesn't start this weekend, then I don't think they'll run him out there for a regional to start. But if clearly if he gets a Sunday start at Georgia uh, and and produces, then I, I would see him in that role as well. I think, he, I think that's got to be an option uh, because I – you know, right now, those guys have just been inconsistent. And I say that they're good through about the first three innings, four innings. And, and then once the lineup gets to see them that second time, they've just really struggled. So, you know, the, the, the regional is going to be tough. Any, any postseason regional simply because you don't have Gunner. And it's not an excuse. And it wasn't an excuse this weekend. Um, but, but, you know, the, the, the pressure, kind of gets put on the offense at that point to really step up and kind of uh, overcome the the pitching 
not woes is not the right word, but uh, you, you clearly knew we were probably going to give up some runs yesterday and we were just going to have to outscore them. Well, I do think uh, yesterday's win really uh, put Ole Miss back in the host discussion, really gave them some momentum there. I don't think it's done at 16 wins. 16 wins usually requires, uh, you know, some uh, a good stay there in the SEC tournament. And if they were to only finish at 16 wins, it would mean there was a very bad weekend in Athens. But I think if they got uh, – if they win just one in Athens, I think a 17-13 and 13 Ole Miss team – is going to uh, host a regional. So we'll see uh, how all that ends up. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Be sure to check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there in the group. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.